In this episode, I connect with Jenny, a board-certified music therapist and a certified early intervention provider. We talk about what early intervention is and the multitude of services it can offer children ages 0 through 3. We uncover the steps to how families can get involved free of charge and how services are customized to meet a child where they're at in life. The overall goal of early intervention is to increase a child's stimulation, cognitive development, and also have fun while learning. Children learn through play. Many times when a child is given a cancer diagnosis or another life-threatening illness, the fun and play in life is stripped away in an instant, both from the child and family. If your child qualifies for early intervention services, this is one additional way to bring fun and learning back into life for the entire family unit. Welcome back to the All Mama Care podcast. I am so, so excited to have Jenny (laughs) on the podcast tonight. Hi, Jenny. Hi. Jenny, I've known her since... Well, last December, so almost a year now, now, which is amazing. And (laughs) Jenny has become part of our family. She works with a local early intervention company right here in central Massachusetts. And she has become part of our family in a way that I really didn't understand that people that provided in-home services could become a part of your family. So Jenny, I just want you to know right off the bat that you are such an amazing, essential part of our family, and you have provided not only my son um, speech services, but you have filled up my heart in a way that I just didn't even know it was possible. So I just want to thank you. Um, Thank you so much for that, Jenny. Thank you. That means so much to me. Thank you so much. Of course. I'm just going to turn the mic over to you. If you could just give us a quick introduction about yourself and how you got involved with early intervention, that would be really helpful. Sure. Yeah. We'll be right back. Let me let you in on a little secret. I knew nothing about podcasting before I got started. I use anchor.fm because it's super easy. Three top reasons why I use it is because number one, it's free. I don't have to pay anything for it. Number two, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit the podcast right in the platform. And number three, Anchor will actually distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard wherever podcasts are listened to. So download the free Anchor app or go over to anchor.fm to get started and get your ideas out of your head and out into the world. Sure, yeah. So I'm a board-certified music therapist and a certified early intervention provider. I have my bachelor's in music and psychology, and um, I also have my master's in music therapy. I originally actually wanted to work with adults with developmental disabilities. I um, I did, a, before my master's, I did a lot of work with uh, adults with developmental disabilities, and my I grew up with a brother with Down syndrome, and I that's kind of what inspired me to become a music therapist. I could see that music and dance and the creative arts was really a creative outlet for him to express his emotions, and he he passed away five years ago. But yeah, he was just like a huge inspiration for my work and continues to be still. Yeah. So 
I actually um, found out about the job um, in early intervention from a friend. I thought it would be a fun adventure to work with children. And um, I've loved it. And I've been doing it for five years now. And I just really enjoy working with families. Like Jackie, how you're saying, I'm like part of the family. And I just love building that relationship and going into families' homes, which is something you just don't get from like a clinical setting. To go into someone's home, you really, you really get to know someone on a, on a deeper level. And it's, it's really a beautiful, beautiful work. So yeah, I just really love being a part of, a part of a child developing from such an early age. They just, they suck up information like sponges and they develop so quickly. And I just love being a part of that. Well, you truly, like I mentioned, you truly are part of our family and a little bit about how, you know, Jenny and I met, like I had mentioned, um, my son started services last December, so almost a year ago, and he needed some help with speech. And so Jenny was able to start coming to our home and really just kind of help us with pretty much doing the same stuff that we're doing, but in a way it was Jenny, um, was able to kind of be a second person that was different from mom and dad. And, you know, he honestly, he just like gets so excited when I tell him (laughs) that you're coming to the house because he just loves playing with you and, you know, telling you all of his new words and showing you all of his new, you know, stuff that he's doing, whether it be the kinetic sand or the Play-Doh. And he really gets, gets a rise out of it. So, we actually had to stop services with Jenny when Ollie was diagnosed this past February and, you know, our world was turned upside down. And Jenny, you are amazing just being so available to first off understand that we needed to pause services. And then second, as we started to get more comfortable with the treatment and, and kind of like the routine of going to the clinic and everything, um, you were so caring and really respectful of how you entered our home. You always took off your shoes and washed your hands. And like, even that, you know, is just an amazing thing. Cause it's like, I don't even have to ask you just do it right away. And like you had mentioned, you go into so many different homes and there's so many different atmospheres. So I just want you to know, like, I truly appreciate that extra effort that you're taking when you're especially coming into our home. Cause it really is appreciated. So thank you so much for that. Um, yeah. And then, you know, when we were able to kind of pick up services back off, um, as Ollie continued through his front line of treatment, um, like I had mentioned, you know, Jenny was able to help him, whether it be singing songs that they're playing with trucks, she'll bring in like a song that even I don't know of, and they'll just start singing that. And I'm so pleased that his speech has just accelerated, um, which is so lovely because I vividly, and I don't think I'll ever forget this, the month that we, the first month that he got diagnosed, he was on the couch, not moving and not talking, not walking. And that was so hard. So we have come so far and Jenny, you've been an amazing asset and you're a part of that transition. And I truly appreciate that. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely part of the job and, and you really need to meet families where they're at 
and, you know, early intervention. Yeah. Uh, Ali was, um, in the program for speech, but we have, you know, social workers. We, and we, we support the family in any way they need. And yeah, I, um, I personally know what it's like to have a family member in the hospital. So I definitely understood. And like when your world is turned upside down like that, sometimes you just can't, you can't keep appointments and, and you can't deal with anything extra. And I was happy to just, you know, be there for you when you were ready to come back to early intervention. And it's just amazing because you had started to mention some of the services that early intervention can provide for families. Can we turn the conversation Mm -hmm. and talk about a, what is early intervention and B how do families know if they need these types of services? Yeah. So early intervention is a program for children and their families, birth to three. A child can qualify if they have at least a 30% delay in any area of development. We test cognitive, um, motor skills, language, So if they have a 30% or more delay in any of those areas, they're able to qualify for services. And the nice thing about that is you don't have to just work on, like if they qualify for speech, you don't have to just work on the speech. You have, you have access to all of the services that we offer, have occupational therapy. We, uh, that, you know, works on sensory needs. We have physical therapy. We have music therapy, speech therapy, social work, mental health counselors, feeding therapy. And, uh, we also have groups at our center to work on different skills and uh, giving children those peer models while working on social skills, especially for like eating. It's always good um, for children to have those peer models because a lot of times um, a child will do something and they'll do it. And maybe the adult's been trying for months to get them to do it. Um, but if another child is, they're like, oh, maybe I'll try this. <laughs> so true. <Yeah. laughs> I guess I think that's the frustra- frustration of so many parents. Why won't my kid eat this? But yet, you know, when they are with their friends or their cousins, they'll just gobble it right now. <laughs> so it's right, that proximity. Right. <laughs> And also too, I don't think that you mentioned art therapy. Right. Yeah. So right, yeah. yeah. Art therapy is another service. And I'm really happy because um, we are going to be starting art services, art therapy services pretty soon. So I'm really excited for that because of course I have all my Pinterest stuff ready to go and do crafts with Ollie, but <laughs> doesn't really <laughs> want to do it with me. So right. I think if it was with someone else, he'd be really jazzed about it. But, uh, but to kind of back up to how, uh, Jenny, how do parents or caregivers know that the ch- the child has at least a 30% delay? Yeah. So we go in and um, it's all play-based, a play-based and also questions, um, interview questions. We ask the parents and we test their receptive language skills, their expressive language skills, and it's a team of people. So we all you know, um, make sure it's all fair and um, standardized. And then we score everything up. And if it's, uh, if it's below, it's a 77 or below, then the, uh, the child qualifies. But if you even have an inkling or you just you, like in your gut, you feel like there's something wrong. 
um, you should definitely just call intervention and just have them come out because um, so many times we've gone out and the child is fine, but you can just see the relief on the mom's face. Like, Oh, thank God. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's just so great to um, it's just so great uh, to know that and put your mind at ease. Certainly. And and every child develops differently at different times, whether they have siblings or, you know, if they're in daycare, uh, there's so many different variables, you know, with growth and development for every different child. So exactly what you said, Jenny, you know, even if you as a caregiver or a parent feel like "Mm, there might be something you just want to get it checked out. There's no cost to your family up front to call early intervention and schedule an assessment appointment. Um, And I can remember last December when your team came, there were about three people that came to our home. They did a series of standardized tests. Mostly for him, it was, you know, looking at shapes, colors, pick up this certain thing, kind of like easy, simple commands. And then at the end, we had a quick meeting in the living room and you guys let us know that, you know, he qualified for speech and we just started right away. So there really is, uh, and maybe you can uh, speak to this a little bit, Jenny, but there really is a very important connection between early intervention and starting later when they get to school age. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Birth to three is such a critical developmental time for them. They just, there's so many milestones that they, now there's a range, but there's so many milestones that you really should be seeing at certain times. So if they're not doing certain things at uh, certain ages, it's just really great to have early intervention because it gives them that that boost because we really want them to be successful when they go to school. And we just want to really give them that boost and give them a strong foundation uh, for uh, learning. Now, to that point, you know, because I'm thinking of we were involved with you guys prior to diagnosis. So if there are parents or caregivers that are listening right now and they're in the thick of it, in the thick of treatment, and they were, they're scared or they were scared like I was during the first month of treatment where their child is not moving from the couch. They're very limited. Um, I can remember Jenny telling you, we're going to need some, some PT. And, you know, of course the doctors were saying, we'll just wait it out. You know, it's the, the treatment that's doing its job. And I was a wreck. So just again, being able to allow the treatment to go the course that it needs to. But once, you know, you talk with your oncologist and there are certain signs where, you know what, there could be a little extra help. That might be something to consider. Uh, again, totally up to the parents and the caregivers, but I hope that this conversation that I'm having with Jenny is just providing some information uh, about early intervention, how it can help typical and atypical and kids that are going through chronic illnesses and long-term treatments. Because even having a compromised immune system, like I had said, Jenny's pretty much doing the same stuff that I do with my son every day, but it's another person that is different from mom and dad. And that's a life skill 
being able to have a child work with someone else other than their parent, that's a skill that's really important and it's stranger danger. So the earlier, the better, like Jenny said, from zero to three is really important to catch them really early. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so great for them, for their social, emotional development to get used to playing with another adult. And, you know, ultimately we want you to be doing the same thing we're doing all week um, because we really work with the families and uh, talk about strategies and touch base with you every week. Okay. Did you try this? Did you try that? Okay. That didn't work. Let's try this. And it's really uh, a team effort because you're the parent, you're going to be the expert on your child. And we really want to work with you and and work on goals that's going to work for you and your family. And also to add to that, while we were in the first six to nine months of treatment, that was really isolating. It was so wonderful to have something on the calendar each week and just know that Jenny was coming and Ollie gets so excited and we look out of our window and we say hi to her and it's something really joyful that we look forward to every week when she comes for an hour to an hour and a half. And that way I can throw in a load of laundry, I can do some dishes, but we really look forward to it. So even in that that time where, well, we still kind of feel isolated, but even during that time period where we were really in the thick of it in that treatment bubble, it was really nice to know that we were going to have services come to our home, which is really comforting because of course, with a compromised immune system, I wasn't going to go to the center and put them in a play group. So um, that's just a, another wonderful part of the service that early intervention provides. Yeah, definitely. And I know uh, the nurse that works with you guys has been able to go on doctor's appointments. And sometimes it's just, it's so great to have someone there um, with you to be hearing the same information and be able to process it and, you know, sometimes just repeat back things to you that maybe, you know, you were worrying at the time and you, you heard it, but you didn't quite process it because everything else going on in your mind. Um, you know, I've sat in developmental assessments with families and I've, you know, went over the information with them just someone else to to absorb the information and kind of take that weight off of you having to absorb all this knowledge about your baby. You know, it's just there's so much emotion attached to it. And it's just it's so great to have that other person there. That's so true. And I've actually I've actually given Pat a couple shout outs already on a couple of different episodes because she has been pivotal. She has been so instrumental in helping me through those really, really hard days. And it's been wonderful. She's been coming, um, I think at least like once, one, yeah, about once a week now. And she plays with Ollie and it's a little bit of respite for me and it's play therapy for Ollie and they have an absolute blast. And it's really been nice again to have somebody come into our home and just kind of talk, be social, but also allow him to play with another person other than me. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Children are learning so much through play, communication, that back and forth, even before they're speaking, just that back and forth. Like I make a sound and someone makes a sound back is so crucial to a child's language development and social development and them understanding that they have control over their world and that cause and effect and, you know, dumping and filling things as they're playing. And, you know, and then once you get past that, you go into pretend play and, and dolls and pretending to feed them. And it's, they just learn so much through play. And that's, that's a lot of what we emphasize in early intervention. We could kind of transition and talk about like, how does it work if children are starting to transition into preschool? So we yeah. say, you know, right, we have services with you. And now, and again, I'm trying to keep in mind that if there's parents that are listening and their children are going through early intervention and active treatment, chemotherapy treatment, and then they need to transition, which is in our case, Ollie will transition to preschool. So how does that work? What does it look like for families? Yeah. So when they're about two and a half, we start talking about transitioning to a public or private preschool. Or if the family decides not to send them to preschool, uh, we talk about different options, community play groups, just to keep working on those skills and those um, social skills with their peers. Yeah, so about two and a half, we start doing the paperwork and then we can refer them to a public preschool. And then when it gets closer to their third birthday, the school has their own assessment that they do. It's very similar to similar to ours, but they're looking from a different model. They're looking at an academic, like it's more from an academic model, whereas we're very holistic and like, you know, meeting the developmental needs of the child in all areas where the school is solely looking at how this child is going to perform in an academic setting. And from a teacher's point of view with, you know, it's the state standards. So the early early uh, childhood state standards that they're looking um, through that lens when they're assessing the child in the school. So really, it sounds mm-hmm. like it's a very seamless process. And it's, it is. it's something that you guide families through so it's not stressful. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, the state says we need to at least do it three months ahead of time. But our agency tries to do it six, uh, uh, you know, three to six months because we really we want it to go smoothly and we want families to really feel prepared. We don't want to just say, oh, OK, your child's three now. Bye. You know, we want we want to really prepare uh, families and and really ha- empower them and make them feel like they have the tools to help their child be successful in, in school, in their academic life. So I hope that gives our listeners an overview of what early intervention is. And of course, you can always search on Google, you know, whatever state you're in, early mm-hmm. intervention services in your area, and then kind of go from there. But If you have any questions about like early intervention, how it works, or if you have questions for me from like a mom's perspective, you can 
as you know, you can always reach out to me on social media and send me a, a, you know, a direct message or an email. And I'm an open book. I think that, you know, the more info that we can put out there about early intervention, the better, because I knew about it from my teaching classes, but it was a whole nother process to actually go through it with my son. And it really is not, it's not a bad thing. I think, I don't know, Jenny, if you found this, but you know, you had mentioned that a lot of emotion goes into it when, you know, there's an initial assessment and then the findings come in. Oh, you know, your child is a little delayed in this, a little delayed in that. It, right. it can be very emotional, very, yeah. very emotional because, you know, of course, as parents, we always want our kids to be right on track and just kind of moving through, but it really is a very emotional process. And your team was so lovely in the fact that they, they totally got it. Like they understood that it's not just, you know, a file, like this is a child, there's a mom, there's a dad and they all have emotions mm. and it's a big deal, but it, it is, it, it's a big deal, but it's been so wonderful to have these services and thank goodness, because like I said, it's just been so nice to be able to kind of play off of you and, hear from a professional's perspective, oh yeah, you know, he's reaching this milestone. He's a little delayed in this. This is what I suggest you work on. So just having you in the background is really, really helpful to kind of ease my mind and know that, you know, we're moving in the direction that we need to move in. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's hard. Sometimes it is, it's hard to make that first step to call her an early intervention, or maybe your doctor has recommended it. And, you know, your initial reaction is, oh my God, what's wrong with my child? Is there something wrong with my child? But I like to look at it as we're just gathering more information. And if it does come out that your child needs help, the earlier, the better. And we're just, we're just giving them those extra, just more opportunities to learn in their, the way they learn and just giving them that extra support. And uh, it doesn't mean any, your baby is still perfect the way they are. Like it doesn't mean anything's wrong with them. You know, it just means that they're, they're going to get more support. So if you could just give us a couple examples, I know I had talked about how speech therapy works when you come to our home, but can you just give listeners maybe two other examples? Like if I'm thinking as, you know, um, in terms of Ollie going through treatment, right? so, you know, at, at first I thought, okay, we're going to need some PT or OT. Um, so your services are always dependent on the findings of the assessment. And then from there, you work with the families to try to figure out, okay, what's accessible? What can we get? What additional services do you need? So can you kind of give us an example, like for art therapy, how, how does art therapy work? Yeah. So art therapy is really, really using that creative medium to give children a creative outlet for their emotions and uh, music as well. A lot of times little ones have these big emotions. They haven't developed enough to know how to express them 
or you might see it, their big emotions as behaviors and you feel like, oh, they're, they're acting out purposely, but it's really just their emotions and they just don't know how to handle it yet. And it's coming out as, as quote unquote bad behavior. So yeah, so art therapy is a creative way to really work on communication because you want them to be able to say, I am sad or I am angry or I am happy. And the creative arts is just such a great way to connect with children because it's so non-threatening. They don't have to they don't have to talk to you if they don't want to. They can just paint or or make music, uh, whatever, whatever it is. And also to that point, it's such a wonderful therapy to have even for a parent because when we were in the hospital, you know, and they had that easel with the paint. I mean, Ollie started painting and I was like, okay, like let's paint together because we still have it on our refrigerator, this huge poster of a heart that he painted. And every time I look at it, it just makes me so happy even though that we were in the hospital and it was so tough, we still have that because again, he didn't, he knows that that's a heart. Like there's significance in art. There's significance in music. And like Jenny said, it doesn't, there's no benchmark of where a child can start with this, with this therapy, no matter what their abilities are. It's such a wonderful service to have. And I didn't even know that that was part of early intervention. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We definitely meet the child where they're at. And I was thinking as you were talking about the heart that you made. Yeah. There's something so normalizing about the arts. Like, so say a child is in the hospital and they just don't have the same experiences that quote unquote normal children experience. And, and if you're able to bring the arts into, into the hospital, it gives the child the opportunity to just be a child and just play and not the child in the hospital bed. They're just a child drawing or they're uh, the child painting or making music and they're able to laugh and play and be creative. And that is just so crucial for a child that's going through a lot of medical treatments to give them that that opportunity to elevate their mood and just be be a kid and not have to worry about, you know, being in the hospital and and all that stuff. And uh, research has shown that different music therapy, art therapy elevates the mood of children that are going through medical procedures and stuff and kind of distracts them from it. And also, you know, so it decreases their anxiety and it decreases the need for pain meds and all of that stuff. So there's just endless benefits to it. <laughs> totally. And as you were talking, I was thinking about the, the music therapist that comes to visit us at clinic. And every time we know that she's in the building, it's like, hold the phone. Like, where is she? She needs to come and see us right away. And it, <laughs> it really does. It's like a switch just flips and 
it elevates my mood and it's so wonderful because it's so different when you have the music therapist there. You know, it's a different distraction. Like you were just saying, Jenny, it's no matter what the abilities are that the children have that are receiving the services, there's a matter of choice in what instrument they want to look at or what instrument they want to play or what song they want to hear or you know, our music therapist in the clinic is so wonderful because she changes up the tempo or she, she's just so flexible and that decreases my anxiety and also helps to pass the wait time when, when the days can be long in clinic. So I, I hope that listeners can see there's so many benefits to early intervention, especially for those kiddos that are going through treatment and going through the unimaginable. And it really, from my perspective, it has helped so much just as a parent. So like Jenny said, it re- you guys really are helping the entire family. It's, it's We've had such a wonderful experience. I'm going to miss you, Jenny, when we have to graduate <laughs> from the program. I know. I don't even want to think about <laughs> oh, it. <laughs> you'll still be on the Christmas card list. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I just want to thank you so much, Jenny, for taking the time to talk with the All Mama Care community and really provide your expertise in early intervention. Just to kind of wrap up our conversation tonight, I like to ask guests what motivates you to do this work. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing with us, like what motivates you to continue to do the work that you're doing? When I really see the progress that a child's made, if they're just laughing, it just really, it just keeps me and making me get up and go to work every day. Just the fact that I can share laughter with a child over just silly things. It just really keeps me looking at like the positive side of life. And it just makes me think about what's really important in life. And it does, you know, I might get stressed out from all the traffic going to a client's house or the parking might be bad or, you know, the weather might be bad. But once I get into the house and that child's excited to see me and is running to the door, it just makes a huge difference. And it just makes me continue to want to uh, do this work because it's just so rewarding. (laughs) Well, as you, I mean, Jenny, as you know, we greet you at the door because we really are, (laughs) we're like literally watching out the window if you're coming up the hill. I feel a little like a celebrity. It's kind of exciting. (laughs) But that's a good thing. And you know what? We're always the first appointment of the day. That's been super helpful too. That's one thing that I wanted to mention too. If it's at all possible, if you're already involved in early uh, intervention and you're going through treatment, one of the most wonderful things that we've been able to do with our schedule is figure out what day we can be the first appointment of the day because it decreases my anxiety knowing that we're the first appointment of the day. And I mean, we've had you know, Jenny, we've had some circumstances where, you know, we had a later appointment with you and (laughs) the house prior, you know, someone was sick. And so we had to cancel just to be, you know, to be cautious. Um, But that's been such a wonderful thing that we've been able to do. And it really just decreases anxiety and you just kind of can catch it, you know, before. So that's one tip, you know, if parents are thinking that they want to get their child assessed and then they start 
to schedule appointments, I highly, highly recommend just asking, hey, do you mind? Could we be the first appointment of the day? Or kind of, you know, figuring out what's going to work for your schedule. I know it's kind of tricky when um, both parents are working, but if it's at all possible, that's one tip that has really worked very well for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's worked really good. <laughs> it's been wonderful. And I always make sure I have coffee ready to go, <laughs> ready to go. So I really appreciate that because <laughs> it is my first <laughs> We don't have donuts because we don't eat them, but, uh, or if we did have them, we would eat them all, but we, I do have coffee always, always. <laughs> <laughs> so Jenny, I want to thank you so much again for taking the time to talk with the All Mama Care community and really, you know, open up your heart and and share, you know, the loss of your brother and how that has really motivated you and launched you to continue to do the work that you're doing. And I just want to acknowledge you and just tell you how much you know, you are making a difference in this world and you're making a difference to all the kids that you're working with and also the family. So from um, a mom, I just want to thank you so much because you are just an important, essential component to my team. And I really, really appreciate the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you, Jackie. That means so much to me because, you know, it, it's not an easy job all the time. So it's just so great to be appreciated. Thank you so much. Of course. <laughs> um, so just to wrap up, so Jenny, if people have any questions about early intervention or just want to know, you know, other additional information. Um, I know we had talked about they can simply Google early intervention in their state, mm -hmm. but if they want to yeah. reach out to you personally, do you think the best way would be for them to reach out on the all mama care social media and then go through there? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. So when yeah, I definitely can answer any questions. Wonderful. Thank you again for being such a resource. And, you know, I hope to the listeners, I hope that this provided you with some additional information if you didn't know or you're not already involved in early intervention. And like I said, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I think that's about it. That's it. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, I connect with Michelle. She's a member of the Great Cycle Challenge team. The Great Cycle Challenge is one of the biggest cycling events in the United States. 100% of the funds go towards pediatric cancer research. In the two years that Michelle has been involved in this event, she alone has biked hundreds of miles and raised thousands of dollars for pediatric cancer research. You guys, this woman is on fire. She'll share with us how she became involved in this great event and how easy it is to join in the fun.